Welcome back to World Cup Coffee and Tea at Northwest 18th in Gleason in Portland for another OMN Coffee Shop Conversation. We took a couple of weeks off while I had some R&R. I'm OMN's Tom D'Antoni. I've been looking forward to sitting down and talking with Curtis Salgado around the time his new album, The Beautiful Lowdown, is coming out, which is right now. It's always fun to talk with Curtis. He's a brilliant guy, a great singer, and the world has been waiting for a follow-up to his Soul Shot, his last album. He and I have similar tastes when it comes to music. He returned an Otis Blackwell LP that I had loaned him about three years ago. He could have kept it longer. I knew it was in good hands. I had just handed him the new album, which he had never seen in its hard copy form. And we just jumped in from there. Curtis Salgado. Curtis Salgado is opening his album for the first time. What do you think? Nice. How does it strike you? Yeah. Is it is it still is it still special? Oh, it's always special. You know how long it took me to make this thing? I yeah. mean, man, yeah. you are yeah. like sleepless nights. Yeah. Um Yeah. Uh it's kind of a first adventure for me because um I did a lot of the work. I mean, I wrote all the songs, I write songs, but yeah. this time I saw a process through that is usually handled by um, the producers, Tony Bronigal uh-huh. and Marla McLean, or Marla McLean and Tony Bronigal. Okay. <laughs> and Marla McLean's been my producer on all of my records. As you know, he's like, uh, yeah. uh, he was the guy that founded Pleasure. Pleasure, sure. He founded Pleasure along with other yeah. members of, in Portland, and mm-hmm. he's one of the founders of the band called Pleasure. Yeah, which was uh, kind of a head of its time, yeah. fusion funk. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's always rumors that they're coming back. That'll never happen. Okay, I guarantee you. Oh well. Anyhow, <laughs> um, so Marlon, Tony, whatever. So they kind of stepped back and gave me the reins. That's what I mean. And so I was uh, buying the studio time. I why did you do that? Why, why, why did that happen? Because, uh, well, first of all, time. Uh-huh. And secondly, uh, finances. Uh-huh. But I wanted to. Yeah. And I want to be a producer. Aha. Uh-huh. I want to be able to. I have so much to learn. And uh, these guys can talk, um, you know, the technical aspect of it. Uh-huh. Kind of get particular sounds and this and that. And. And my thing is, it's like to play some record and go, I want it to sound somewhat <laughs> like this, as close to this. As, and, and I don't mean the notes, and uh-huh. I don't mean, I mean sonically. Yeah. And uh, I was, the guy who mixed the record is John Porter, mm-hmm. who's done Bob Dylan, uh, the Neville Brothers, mm-hmm. on and on and on. John Cleary, um, he's hip. He's a good guitar player. Uh-huh. Uh, he's in England. Really? I was literally getting up at 5 in the morning to call him up, <laughs> you know, in England to mix the record. Jeez. And go, could you turn this up? Could you turn that down? Plus uh-huh. that with emails, but I don't, I'm not an email guy. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go into a long description. It's easier for me to just tell somebody on the phone, like, look, you know, the... Uh, this particular instrument has got too much. It's just swimming with the other ones. Could you, yeah. t- you know, whatever I said. You know? Yeah. And, you know, this took, I mean, I'm mixing the record over the telephone to England. Jeez. And he's brilliant. And so uh-huh. we were on the same page the whole time, you know, just like he'd do what I ask. Now, why do I want to do that? Because producing any aspect of making your art is a learning process, and it's yep. what I want to do. I like to produce other people. Really? Yeah. I would. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a. This is. I, I don't mean to sound uh, pretentious, but I have a. I. I know a song and what it would fit an artist, and I know how to arrange stuff. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I think I think I do, uh-huh. and I want to hone that skill uh-huh. even more so. Uh-huh. 
So did the sessions go down any differently with you producing? No, no, it's just all fun. It's, you know, yeah. Yeah. You know what it is? It's uh, to get a live sound. Mm -hmm. There's all sorts of different ways that uh, records are made. I'll give you an example. Here's a small one. Tom Petty once started with just uh, Jim Keltner with a drum beat. Mm -hmm. And then they built the song around his drum beat. But that's the first thing we recorded. <laughs> so just Keltner with this drum beat. Mm -hmm. And then they built around that. What, what I do normally in all my records, what I do is um, write the song, make a little demo of it, send it out to my producers, see if they like it, and my manager and I convince them that I know they trust me mm -hmm. and I, I know this song and, and we can, I can hear it. Mm -hmm. And then you, I go into the studio and the great thing about playing with the L.A. guys, which uh, is Michael Finnegan, mm -hmm. who, do you know Michael Finnegan? Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, for you listeners out there, Michael Finnegan is on everything from Jimi Hendrix to Crosby, Stills & Nash to Bonnie Raitt to... You know, he's on thousands of records and is considered one of the most soulful, blue-eyed soul singers, Hammond B3 players on the planet. Mm -hmm. He's played with everybody from, uh, from Cannonball Adderley to, you know, um, like I said, the Dixie Chicks, Joe Cocker, blah, <laughs> blah, everybody. So yeah, yeah. he's on there. Johnny Lee Shell's on there. Larry Fulcher's on there. Mm -hmm. uh, these guys are, are seasoned L.A. studio musicians. And I literally can send them what I want. One of them will chart it out. And then when we roll tape, it's like, here's what I'm after. Here's what I'm going for. And then we do it. And then I add the sweetening on afterwards. Mm -hmm. This year, on this record, I mean, the sweetening was mostly done, was all done up in Portland. Really? Except for the lead vocal part. Mm -hmm. So horns and background vocals. Mm -hmm. The arrangement completely. The composing of the horns, like what they will play, yeah. and uh, the arrangements was done by David Mills. But I sang David Mills the part. Really? So I would go, blah, da, da, right here, and uh -huh. I would play, I would play the, the tape that I'd made in L.A. Uh -huh. the rhythm section, yeah. and then sing what I want. Huh. No, not that note. Like blah, da, da, like uh -huh. this, and I went. You know, uh -huh. He'd write it down. We'd go over to the piano and check it out. We'd tweak it. I'd say, not that, this. Right, it should come in right here. So I'm not, but he's writing it. And then he went home and arranged it. In other words, then he went home and put in yeah. alto, baritone, tenor, yeah, yeah. like that. Wow. So it has a chord. Wow. Awesome. So yeah. that's, you know, so I composed the entire record with the help of my friend. Yeah. <laughs> You know, one time I was I did a uh, I, did, I did a long long interview with Sam Moore. Oh, I love him. And and he went into this really long description of how all those sessions went down with Isaac Hayes as the producer. Oh yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, just amazing. Same, pretty much the same thing. They yeah. sing out the parts, put yeah. it on there, and the yeah. fellows would stand there. Sam and Dave would stand yeah. there, and yeah. and and then they're rolling. Yeah. And they're rolling tape. Yeah. yeah. You know, you can't do that anymore. I mean, this was a studio where they're not really paying for studio time. They're uh -huh. there in a studio creating. And that's all free. You can't, I can't go in and do that in a studio. Yeah. You have to do that in a, at your house or at someone's garage yeah. or a space. So those days, you know, if I went to a studio and they're rolling tape, time is money. Yeah. So you better go in somewhat prepared. Mm -hmm. And so everything is demoed out and rehearsed and then brought into the studio. Well, let's talk about some of the other, uh, other people in, 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 your, in your L.A. band. Um, t tell us something about Johnny Lee Shell. Well, Johnny Lee Shell, when I first saw him, he was playing uh, sly guitar and lead guitar with Bonnie Raitt mm -hmm. for years. Mm -hmm. And he's on... Also on Bob Dylan Records, I think, and he toured with John Fogarty. Um, now, in this day and age, I'm 62 years old, mm -hmm. but um, you know this guy's a very seasoned, and a great guitar player and a great slide player. One of the, just a really nice person. He too is his presence in the studio is is 
He knows just what to play. This whole band, what they call mistakenly the Phantom Blues Band, uh -huh. that's because uh, they were on the Grammy Award winning record called Phantom Blues by Taj Mahal. Uh -huh. And so this name stuck with him. Yeah. But they're on so many sessions. Yeah. B.B. King, Jerry Lee Lewis, da 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 all yeah. sorts of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, um, you know, not just R&B, singer-songwriters. So. Uh -huh. Anyhow, Johnny Lee Shell, he's just an incredible presence. He's this mm -hmm. easy Texas. He plays perfectly. You know? Yeah. He knows just what to play almost instantly. And what not to play. And what not to play. Yeah. 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 I can go in with these guys uh -huh. and pretty much... Give them an idea of what I'm looking for with no rehearsal. That's the difference between mm -hmm. these guys can sit down and pretty much put out what you're looking for. Like the wrecking crew. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what they are. Yeah. They're like Booker T and the MGs or the wrecking. They are the wrecking crew. Or the bar cave. Yeah. Yeah. They've been in studios for so long, they know how, they know that stuff's going to be layered. Yeah. They, and then, then they play if it doesn't feel good, you know. So that's the whole idea. I'd already made two records with these guys. Yeah. And when I'm working with them, you're either laughing or you're rolling tape. Yeah. You yeah. try not to laugh on tape. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's... Uh, I'm glad you're having fun. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I love these people. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's get to some of the... the um, and my band's on there, too. Yeah. yeah. For instance? Well, it was Brian Foshworth, Tracy Arrington, Vidas yeah. Dodson, mm -hmm. and uh, Brian Harris. And uh, they're on four of the songs on this. You record. know, Vidas Dodson is, you see that name, and you never know who, who is this person. He's, he's kind of in the, in, in, you know, in the, in the, in the shadows. Well, you know, Vidas chose that. Uh, he's, yeah? you know, he... Uh, He's, I still consider him a part of my band, but, uh -huh. you know, he got married and kind of dropped out of the uh -huh. the thing. I don't think he likes the road really uh -huh. that much, but Vios was in a band that was popular here in the area uh -huh. that was, uh, that, you know, got a little bit of lift, it's, it's, which is hard to do. Right. I mean, it, it's not on the radar because it's blues. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Unless you have the keys to the kingdom handed to you. Yeah. Or you're the choice, the, the flavor of the, uh -huh. you know. Fios Dotson is a guitar player from the Insomniacs. Mm -hmm. And they made some records on Delta, Delta yeah. Blues label and mm -hmm. disappeared. He was with me, but he didn't like the road. Mm -hmm. So when he recorded this right here, uh, was before that he just kind of said, I, you know, it doesn't matter. Fios will be playing with me. I just... I just uh, told my road manager to see if Vios can do a gig in Canada with me. Yeah. So he's still a part of the band. Yeah, yeah. You know, look, can I tell you a little side note? Sure. Bands, and if any bands are listening out there, are important. There's a lot of, Portland is made up of a lot of mercenary players, sidemen, amazing sidemen. Mm -hmm. And they get together and they create a little group and they call it something and then mm -hmm. they make a poster and they go play at a club and then that only lasts for so long and then they make another thing. Maybe they got three bands going at once. You know? Hold on. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Maybe they got three, but should I start the question again? No. Do you edit this stuff? No. Am I interviewing It's real. <laughs> hey, man, I love to be interviewed. <coughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> Portland is made up of a lot of mercenary yeah. stuff, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, a particular individual gets uh, their material together, and then they hire, yeah. you know. But bands like, uh, you know, um, the Decemberists, that's mm -hmm. a band. Yes. They've been together for a long time. Yeah. And, uh, oh, you know, uh, I, I don't know if uh, Pink Martini can say that, because I know a lot of the guys in his band but he, that's a good paying gig right there. Oh, but uh, so, you know, you're not going to leave that thing. But most musicians, the most bands in this town, it's, it's like a, it's an inner flexing, mm -hmm. always changing, mm -hmm. you know, I got a group this month and then next week that group is gone. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just uh, cats 
playing together, rehearsing yeah. together, yeah. Yeah. trying to get a show together so they can make some money. Yeah. What's my point? Bands are important. Yeah. That's when you really start developing a sound. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I would... But it's hard to do these days. So people like Vios come and go. Mm-hmm. But I always keep my eyes on it for guitar players. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of them around. So if Vios steps out, this guy steps in. Yeah. If he steps out, this guy steps in. And they're all, I, I do not hold anybody or get... Uh, a lot of there's band leaders that want to keep a particular you can't keep musicians in a band you know no. if they wish to go somewhere else yeah. you should wish them the best yeah they'll be back you know so that's why Vios yeah. to answer your question where yeah. does he go I don't know he's married <laughs> yeah comes out of the woodwork now and then. <laughs> I think he's playing a little bit with Earl Thomas right now oh really yeah that's nice that's yeah. nice yeah yeah. You, you go you go where there's a contract. Yeah. You know. Right. So you got two really really old friends on this album. Alan and Terry. Yeah, I do. Yes, I do. You how how old were you when you met them? Well, I I met Terry Rob in I mean uh, probably the 80s at some point. Uh-huh. You know. Terry kept telling me about Alan Hager. Is that right? Yeah. And <laughs> Alan, I used to see play with Terry at the Candlelight. Yeah. I never gigged at the t- Candlelight. I did a couple of times yeah. as a little trio or something, I think, with Terry. But uh, not with my full-on band. Yeah. But I used to go and frequent that spot, and I'd see Terry Rob. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Terry had this other guitar player with him. And then Terry and I made this record called "Hit It and Quit It," and we and we. Uh, we Is that the one where, where when you were on Letterman? Were you yeah. on Letterman? Yeah, yes. yeah. Not yeah. Letterman. I was on. Jay uh, uh, Leno. Uh, oh, Conan O'Brien. Oh, Conan. Yeah, right. Like right. the right. first season. Yeah. Like within the first weeks, the show we really came out. <laughs> I almost got on um, uh, David Letterman because mm-hmm. the same guy that books Letterman booked that show. <laughs> And it changed. That's a yeah, long story. But yeah, to yeah. go back to Terry right. Rob, we made this record called Hit It and Quit It. And uh, Terry, meanwhile, on the sidelines, was telling me about this, this other guitar player. And I was like, you mean that guy that plays with you? He goes, oh, yeah, we grew up together. Uh-huh. And they've known each other since, like, the junior high. Yeah. yeah. Now, I've known Alan. I met Alan in the 19, in early 2000s. Uh-huh. I've known, no, well... I've known and played with Alan for about 11 years now. So, to answer your question. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, about 2003, uh-huh. 2003 or so, I think uh-huh. I... Uh-huh. Um, I went down to see... It was either... I went down to see somebody at this place called the the Stein House. Uh-huh. And uh, the person I went to see, whose name escapes me, was not there, but this... Alan Hager was there so I sat down there wasn't a lot of people there and this uh, Alan Hager started playing a Charlie Patton song Whoa! but you know people but he not yeah. only did it he yeah. laid the guitar on his lap Whoa! and I know the recording Yeah. and nobody's seen Charlie Patton there's no film of him there's no this there's, and there's only records from 78's transferred onto what we have because uh-huh. they threw all the masters away. Right. You know, and here's this guy, though, playing Charlie Patton, and, and he's, he's authentic. I mean, to me, it's just like... Yeah. He's done his homework. And he's not only playing guitar straight up, he's laid it on his lap, and it's yeah. playing... Yeah. I'm going, who is this guy? And then he just <laughs> did this and this and this, and it's... Uh, he, he's fantastic, you know. And he started playing uh, Skip James and Charlie Patton, uh-huh. and Mississippi John Hurt, and uh-huh. I was going, I gotta play with this guy. Yeah. And Terry, Terry Rob told me about him, and Terry was right. You know, they're so both he, incredible yeah. uh, guitar players, and especially what I is in the pre-war, pre-war, yeah, twenties, yeah. thirties, and forties, yeah. And the obscure guys too. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So you you chose him to play on. I know a good thing. 
What? What? That isn't Terry Robin. No. That's it's Alan Hager. Alan Hager. Yeah. Terry is playing the wonderful acoustic guitar on Healing Love. Yes. Yeah. I was going to get to that. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I thought you said they're playing together on no, that no, no, song. No, 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 no. I said, uh, I said, I said, Alan's playing on "I Know a Good Thing." Why? Why was he the right guy for that that, that tune? Um, because I've been playing. Because he is. I don't. I don't. That's, he is. Terry could have done it. Too, I understand. Right? Yeah. You know, but uh, uh, most of the time, that's the best answer. You know. You know, I, I used yeah. to do a TV show. He just is. And they had. The, the, I, I was like the jazz and pop music guy, right? And then right. another guy who was a very snooty classical uh, guy, right? And we had Jean-Luc Ponty, the, the violin player. Right. And so the jazz guy, I mean, the classical music guy was getting all snooty about it, right? He said, oh, Mr. Ponty, you, you studied at, the, at, the, at all the finest schools in Paris. Why do you choose to play an electric violin? Ponty looked right at him and said, because I love it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you don't have to say anything else. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, because uh, Terry, uh, you know, Terry and I don't know. I didn't think about it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. No, I understand. Yeah, makes sense. I think I picked the right guys for the right yeah. thing there. So, um, I could hot- actually tell you if you want to know the truth. Okay. Um, no, I, I, yeah, I, I, right. I, unless there's a lie Nothing, that's, no, that's I haven't more lied. interesting. No, that sounds wrong. <laughs> uh, Terry plays with a pick, uh-huh. and that is the kind of attack that I wanted on uh, the guitar. Gotcha. Plus, I wanted Terry on it, yeah. and I also wanted Alan, and I play with Alan these yeah. days. Yeah. Uh, him and I have been playing a lot together. That's because uh, Terry Rob has gone on to producing yep. and other things, and him and I used to play together. Yeah. I play with both those guys, and I like them equally. They're both amazing, and uh, that's why. Terry attacks his guitar has a, and a certain kind of thing. He's playing acoustic on it, and I wanted that percussive kind of pick sound. And um, I recorded with Johnny Lee Shell playing one of the guitars on I Know a Good Thing, mm-hmm. and what I was after there is a kind of a Mississippi Hill approach. Mm-hmm. That's my version mm-hmm. of Mississippi Hill music. Mm-hmm. Uh, believe it or not, in the 1980s, 81, 82. You're I, talking about I Know a Good Thing, right? Yeah, right. Well, well, I, I mean, you can, you can kind of hear the, right. the fife and drum, and, you know. And right. Kind of. Not really, but kind of, you know. Well, I, it's a, I mean, it's, it's suggested. It's two guitars. It's yeah. two guitars yeah, yeah, and yeah. a handmade little drum kit uh-huh. that was put together by Tony. Uh-huh. It's a... Uh, it's a what they call I think a soprano snare or something or a wow. tenor snare. Huh. It's about that thin. Yeah, yeah. And uh, hi hat, but no hi hat. It's a tambourine, yeah. bass drum. Yeah, yeah. Huh. And these small little sticks that he's playing. Right. Anyhow, right. Um, you ever heard of R.L. Burnside? Sure. I got to play with him quite a bit Did you? and hang out with him. And believe it or not, in Eugene, Oregon. <laughs> And that was my first exposure to Mississippi Hill wow. music. Did you ever get to play with Otho Davis? No. The uh, yeah. Fife and, the and drum. I never yeah, ran yeah. across that. Yeah. I'd have to go to Como, Mississippi. You would. And it's just not something I think about doing every now and then. I think I'll go to Como today. No, uh, R.L. Burnside was launched first by this guy named... Um, Hold on a hold on a second. It's there. Uh, it's, it's a, a. I used to teach him harmonica, but Sorry. he ran around. Yeah, with yeah, yeah. R.L. Burnside uh-huh. and actually pulled him uh-huh. out of the, out of wow. Como, Mississippi, Amazing. and started traveling. Uh, you know, C O M O. Say what? C O M O Como. Como, Mississippi. <laughs> That's where R.L. was from. That's where Cedric is from. Cedric Burnside. <laughs> Named Girl. after Perry Como. Yeah, Como, Mississippi. <laughs> You know, my grandmother used to call him Perry Coma, right, right. and she never got the joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Perry recorded a lot laying down in his bed. Yeah. Well, that's the famous SLTV, SCTV yes, joke. That's right. yes. <laughs> well, listen, I want to ask you about uh, the first song on the album, Hard to Feel the Same About Love. Right. And I won't be disappointed if it's not biographical. Right. <laughs> okay? So, okay. Because it sounds biographical. Which song is that? Hard to feel the same about love. Um, 
Well, no, it's not biographical. Okay. That's a character, but it's a yeah. character based yeah. on basically. Look, I wrote that in 2008 with a friend mm-hmm. of mine named Dave Duncan, uh-huh. and on acoustic guitar in a in Nashville, and yeah. it was freezing his house. His heat had been turned off. <laughs> oh, this geez. has nothing to do with the song. Just yeah. a, we're sitting around a card table, <laughs> and we're cuddling like this, yeah. and. Um, we just start pounding out a song, uh-huh. and that song was rejected for a soul shot because it wasn't ready yet. At uh-huh. first, I was like, well, that's a great hook, you know? Yeah. It's hard to feel the same about love. And yeah, you could say it's, but that's, I mean, have you ever ran across your first love that you ever been oh, with? Oh, first, your second, first third? Right. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, here's the thing. It's just a character, basically. Think, hard to feel the same about love is, yes. uh, yeah. I think yeah. it's a male thing. I think guys always think that they can get back with 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 whoever they they're not with anymore. Right. Women are finished. When they're finished, they are finished with you. Probably. You know. Could be. <laughs> I think it's true. That could be. <laughs> and that's re- just first love. You know, the yeah. first woman I yeah. fell in love with, and you meet her at you meet her at Nordstrom's, and you bump into her as your. Yeah. You know, that's the idea. of The song was like yeah. you know. What a small world. Imagine yeah. running into you. Yeah. Do you, you know, yeah. you yeah. were my first love. Yeah. Taught me all about yeah. the blues. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you broke yeah. my heart so bad it's true. It was and, hard to feel the same about love. Yeah. And no matter how, how, no matter how long you are apart, there's something inside you that goes, have you seen her? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell me, have you seen her? You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so basically, no. I mean, yeah, if you want to call it that. But to me, how it was written is I was just thinking of a storyline. Uh-huh. Lots of people think that songs always have to be. Of course it is. It's your experience. But yeah. it's not something that happened to me recently. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's like, you know what? It's hard to feel the same about love. And then I just, and you know, it it comes up. And the reason it came yeah. up was... Yeah. When you're running across somebody, oh, that's all. And then you write, start writing. Yeah. It's, you know, peop- there is no such thing as Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Correct. Right. Correct. People think that every song is, you know, something. Oh, but this yeah. is so personal. Yeah. I mean, it really is personal. Yeah, and, okay. And, I appreciate and you, you that. Really make it, yeah. you really make it believable. That's autobiographical. I know a good thing? No. Walk oh. a mile. Oh. Yeah? Yeah. Well, how about this? Why don't that, we let that truly is, you know. Why don't we let why don't we take a coffee break here Yay. and let let everybody listen to about a minute or so of it All right. and then we'll come back. How about that? Okay. Imagine this little life and all the things I've been through. I've been knocked down so many times. Hot times ain't nothing new. I've been cut from stem to stern. So back up again. Lost my brother. To the needle Lost my wife to her Best friend
Okay, so that was autobiographical. Which, walk a mile in my boot. That one is. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. yeah that yeah. comes from stuff that pertains. Look, they, they all are. I mean, every song on there is yeah. something. But you have to understand, I don't, as songwriters and stuff, sometimes you can hear the whole song, sometimes the song takes you to where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And it, people sit down. When I started learning to write songs and really paying attention to it, uh, I um, can I tell you a little story? Sure. Back when Robert Cray was the, the, the golden guy, right, and they had hit, I'm, uh, I was with Robert a long time, and, and Richard Cousins and I used to live together. And so we have a very close relationship. They were playing at a at the baseball stadium here in town, you know, which is now where they have the soccer yeah. and stuff. And um, I was opening up for Robert Cray, and we kicked it. We kicked some butt. And uh, I was giving Richard Cousins some, you know, I was giving him a, a tough time. Mm-hmm. And I go, hey man, we kind of kicked, we kicked some butt on you guys, you know, the audience. When we did, we yeah. kicked ass. Yeah. You know? And Richard kind of goes, yeah, you guys did, man. Except for one thing, Curtis. Every song we played, except for maybe two, were original songs. Oh. And I, he went, pow, pow. <laughs> and I was like, he goes, man, when you start, you know, we're coming up with our own stuff. Yeah. This is our show. Yeah. And he goes, you did, you kicked butt, but you know, you're doing Otis Clay songs and yeah. O.B. Wright songs, yeah. and you're doing songs by all these other artists. Uh-huh. And of course, I'm doing, I am, I'm doing B-side material that nobody's ever heard of, right. Syl Johnson, yeah. this and that. Who, yeah. you know? So we're, we kicked it, yeah. but none of the songs were your own, and that was like about 1987, uh-huh. you know. Uh-huh. And uh, I'd only written one song by then, and. Uh, and so that, that just started oh, me. I wow. mean, I was aware of songwriting, and I was aware of structure, mm-hmm. and I was aware of some stuff, but I never got off my, my keister to really do it. And then I learned, going forward here, that I started going and hanging out with uh, some of the first first guy was a guy named Dennis Walker, who wrote some of the songs with Robert Cray, his mm-hmm. biggest hits, mm-hmm. Strong Persuader. Uh, you know, uh, right next door, that stuff, right? These were Dennis Walker and, and Bruce Bromberg tunes. And uh, um, a little side note here, they were written as country western songs. Huh? And Robert, you know, they handed them to Robert. And mm-hmm. Robert did the voodoo he does so well. And uh, But I went to write, and I noticed what it is, after, and I've done this with a few times, Gary Nicholson, mm-hmm. uh, um, Jeff Paris, this thing. They get up in the morning, and they pour a cup of coffee, and they just start writing. Mm. And that's and now, you know, songwriting is is you know, it's like the Brill Building and stuff. But mm-hmm. that's how these songs are done. Mm-hmm. You know, you do, you, do you set aside a, a specific amount of time or a place or? No, you just you work on them through the day. Yeah. You write down yeah. ideas. Yeah. You yeah. just go. That's a good hook. Uh huh. You know, or you have music, and then you write. You compose thing. on piano. I can blow a little bit of blues usually, but I can hear and yeah. pick out chords. Yeah. I get a piano player. I always collaborate because yeah. they're like you know. So basically, with this, hard to feel the same about love. The guitar player is limited, uh-huh. but we, you know, we worked out the chords. Yeah, and then I take it to someone else to maybe uh-huh. uh, add more embellishment. Maybe uh-huh. some substitutions, uh-huh. some stuff like that. But uh-huh. I go, that's yeah. right there. Hold it right there. Yeah. I, yeah. That's what I need. Yeah. I can hear yeah. where yeah. I want things to go. Yeah. Yeah. I arrange it. Yeah. And I'm looking for something, and I know I have it as soon as I hear it. And so hard to feel the same about love. Yeah. It kind of sounds like a Motown song, uh-huh. or, you know. Uh-huh. And the reason that came about is that I was hearing a march, like, tum, 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 baby, baby. Uh-huh. 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 I didn't think about it. Then I put it to the groove, and I told the Phantom Blues band, or those Tony and the, the I said, give me a give me a Motown march. Mm-hmm. Once I heard that, I went, I'm just going to stick here and just yeah. keep it Motown. Yeah. Yeah. Then uh, Margaret and Lynn uh-huh. and I get together, and we arrange the horns. 
and then I got with Dave Mills and yeah. I composed the horns yeah. and he arranged yeah. the horns. Yeah. So it's all very, very hands-on. It's piece by piece by piece. It took me over a year to make this record. Speaking about you and the piano. Yes. When I did that TV piece on you, are you, are you I'm sure you've forgotten. Years. I'm better now. I, I, no, <laughs> but I, I bet, I bet you, for, you have forgotten this. I, and, I and I don't mind. mind. I, it's, it's okay. I, mean, I, can't, I can't remember anything, but right. I do remember this yeah, vividly. Yeah. All right. On, on our way over, the videographer goes, you'll never get anything new out of him. You've told me this. I yeah, told yeah, you yeah, yeah. <laughs> He said. Thank you. Tell him I said hi. He said, he said <laughs> I'll bet you 20 bucks you can't get anything, anything new out of him. I said, okay. And then I asked you to sit down at the piano. We shot you, we shot you playing the piano. Right, and it was, it was first of all, it was, it was tremendous. Right, and uh, second of all, I collected on the bed. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> okay, now well, tell him I said hi. Huh? <laughs> with, with your finger up, yeah, gotcha. <laughs> all right, uh, I want to talk a little bit about sequencing because my girlfriend. It's yeah. a very interesting song. It could be. It could make her really pissed off. It could piss her off. Oh, it's 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 definitely got. Uh, I have a girlfriend who I love dearly, and she championed the song at first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, because it's about she's your girlfriend, she's not your wife, so don't run my life, basically, right? Right, you're right. However, it, you have to understand it's a character, in which I explained to her. But it is. If she, like she was sitting at a party the other day, and yeah. we played that, or at a bar the other yeah. day, not sitting. Yeah. She was sitting at a concert the other day. Yeah. And I played that tune. Uh-huh. And this rude person, a woman next to her, was going, is that about you? That's about oh, you, geez. isn't it? And she wouldn't let up. Oh, no, seriously. And she's going, it's a song. It's just yeah. whatever. Yeah. So, no. Again, it's this, look, have you ever been in a relationship where you seem to be getting a resume, kind of like, so what do you think about marriage? You've been dating this person maybe resume. for two weeks. Resume. You know, ever date a psychologist? Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> so and you, they want to know how you feel. Where's this relationship going? This is a guy song. It's yeah. true, but women yeah. experience right. the same thing. I yeah. know. I know a lot. I have a lot of lady friends that are friends, yeah. and basically they they have like so. I would and a guy starts reading off what kind of woman he wants and how's this and what do you think about marriage and uh-huh. that's what the song is about. Yeah. It's not about yeah. my girlfriend. I it's about everyone's. It is dating. It is universal. Who wants to and, go from point A yeah. to point Z? And <laughs> we just started dating, and so. But but then you follow it up with a seduction song. Yeah, I, that's just because of how it's sequenced. Well, but it makes sense. Yeah. Because she might be a little pissed off. Right. But then you remind her why she's with you in the first place. Right. <laughs> well, I did. I've got to tell you the truth. I, I did, uh, you know, the song before is Heartbreak. Yes. And then there's Absolutely. Girl, then there's yeah. Ring Telephone. Then there's yeah. a total soul love song. Yeah. Well, yeah. my girlfriend is James Brown. It's cocky. Yeah. It's James Brown. But yes. it says this, you know, uh, um, I never ask you, you know, where you, where you go. No right. need to tell me where you're at. Yeah. No explanation, no signed contracts. And in return, I want that back. And that's very pragmatic, but it's just basically everybody in a relationship really wants honesty. Yes. And it's nice to be informed so I can make an informed decision. But you do hint that the proposal's coming. Yes, I do. You do. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just hang in there, (laughs) man. We've only been dating a few weeks. That's a carrot and stick thing, you know? (laughs) Let's see where this goes That's the carrot and the dick thing, basically. Right now, you can manage my weekends, but not my life. I used to have money, but I changed that. No guy's going to need you. Yeah. You used to have a lot of money at one no, time. I mean, no disrespect. It's basically about yeah. early relationship going too fast. Yeah. 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 So do you like the tune? It's a great tune. Thank you. Yeah. Can you relate? Fuck yeah. <laughs> How white was that? <laughs> Yes, I can relate. Man, this song is going to get me in trouble. And everybody, everybody needs, everybody needs a seduction song. Everybody. Yes, sir. If you if you cannot actually perform it yourself, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. For everybody out there who's not you, right? <laughs> right. I remember one time I, I just started going with this poet, and she came over, and I played, 
I played uh, Aretha Franklin singing gospel tunes. Put that, I put that on, right? right? She said, this is the first time I have ever been seduced by gospel music. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Right. Can I mention something? Yeah. That is about my girlfriend. Which one? Healing song Love? Song five, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've never written a song about really? any of relationships. I'm 62 years old, and I've had some long-term relationships, and uh-huh. I'm still friends with all of them. Yeah. And wonderful people. But this is the first time... I've ever written a love song for somebody who I uh, who hits me, and, and uh, well, I hope she appreciates it. Oh, she did. <laughs> Good. I sent her the demo yeah. after the day we made it. I was yeah. very proud of it, and Good. it came in twenty minutes. It did, just boom. Wow. And so I wow. sent it to her, and she cried. Yeah. I was very proud. Yeah. So, yeah. song number five is definitely about my girlfriend. There you go. Yeah. Terrific. So, um, uh, what was the what was the philosophy of sequencing on here? What, what was that? What was the idea? I mean, because obviously, it it had to say something. You know, it's not. I hate to make it. I could lie to you right now, but I'm just not yeah. that guy. Uh-huh. It is basically going back and forth with management, oh. producers. Uh-huh. And members of the alligator huh. team, basically huh. Tim, uh-huh. uh, Tim and alligator who uh-huh. does the radio, he threw out a sequence. I threw yeah. out a sequence. We shifted stuff around, and he has his reasons. And you know, I trust him. He's in radio. Yeah. And he's talking with AAA and first, secondary, and third market radio stuff. And this is boring to the listeners, but basically he threw out that. And I said, I would rather have this here, da-da-da. And that's how it came about. Uh, I have thought about, uh, I I know Tim is not thinking about, well, we got to have this one. They're basically going, that's the one that is pumping the hardest. Yeah. Put it first. Yes. That's the next one he feels is radio friendly. I think personally it's that one. That and and um, I think this one should be there, whatever. But you know what? Yeah, yeah. I trust him, and I like yeah. him. And it's Alligator yeah. Records. They treat me right. It doesn't and the way people listen to music now, you know what I mean? They're not. They, I mean, you can you can actually hear this record probably for free on yeah. streaming. Yeah. So yeah. to me, it's to me. Oh, I'm so sorry. I thought I turned that off. I'm so, you have to go walk your phone. <laughs> Anyhow, for me, um, yeah. I'm a, a songwriter. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I've got a sacks of it. Yeah. And ideas. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just writing songs that feel good and that something that I want to say that's worth saying. And this is how I want to say it. I did write this in terms of singer-songwriter, and I uh-huh. was thinking of 45s. Really? Uh, I think there's uh-huh. six songs that are uh-huh. over four minutes wow. and six yeah. songs that are uh, under that are three minutes and yeah. 50 seconds, yeah. three minutes and yeah. eight seconds, three minutes. Yeah. Sort of like putting on a 45. Yeah. Gotcha. So I was just thinking of singular mm-hmm. songs. Mm-hmm. And well, that's what I wanted to do. And I hit on every genre. Uh-huh. This is on purpose and thought. You even do reggae. Yes. Everything that's under the R&B wow. umbrella. Yeah. Because uh, reggae is definitely rhythm and blues. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's yeah. extremely, uh, it draws heavily on that. Did you ever hear the Ken Lazarus version of uh, uh, Johnny Too Bad? No. I've, 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 I've not. I found an LP, a Ken Lazarus LP in a, in a junk store a, a few years ago. Right. And it's got, it's got uh, his version of Johnny Too Bad. Which is really good. Actually, is it good? It's really good. Oh, yeah, yeah. That. Recorded in Kingston. Really? <laughs> yeah. I wish I could have done that. There is a. That's got a an amazing story behind it. To yeah. me, it's amazing. Uh-huh. There is a bona fide Kingston, Jamaica reggae star on it by the name of Tipa Lee. Uh huh. And you'll see his name in there. You yeah. can see him on YouTube. Yeah. Tipper Lee had a, uh, a record that lasted like nine weeks on the reggae charts in 1989. Mm-hmm. And um, he does what they call dance hall. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, um, so I wrote this song with Larry Fulcher, and he plays bass. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Vios gets a chunk because I asked Vios to come over and 
I had the whole thing laid out how I wanted it. Vios played guitar, and uh, so he gets credit too. However, um, it's Larry Fulcher and I uh-huh. pretty much came up with the tune. So Larry Fulcher is with the Phantom Blues Band, but mm-hmm. he was also with the Whalers. He was also with the Skylights. He was wow. also with Burning Spear. Really? He was, uh, yeah, he's played with all wow. those people for Three. years. Wow. And uh, Johnny Nash, uh-huh. all, all these cats. Yeah. So I had this song, and I called up Larry, and I sent it to him. Larry did it. Uh, let me get to this, the end of the story quick. Um, after the thing was recorded uh-huh. and it was done, I sent it to Larry, and I said, what do you think? Larry, Larry played bass on it, but then he goes back to Houston, Texas, yeah. and he's touring with Taj Mahal or Ruthie Foster. So he calls, uh, he calls up. He goes, Curtis, man, this is crushing. I like this a lot. And I said, oh, I'm so glad. And he goes, but it needs dance hall. Uh-huh. And I go, what? what's dance hall? He goes, long ago, man. They've been doing rap in Jamaica a long time. Yeah. And, and I guess the history is, so pay attention, listeners, is that they dance halls set up these PA systems Mm -hmm. then they spin records DJ it and they'll they'll even take the labels off for competition (laughs) so that the other dance hall guys uh, rappers cannot see who's playing what and what they're going to play and I didn't know any of this and he goes I think we should my wife you know there you know she knew her stuff I've never met her, but it's, he goes, my wife says it needs dance hall, and she knows. So, um, who, who, what's dance hall, I said. He goes, well, I know some members of, the, of uh, Ziggy Marley's band. I'm going to call them up and see who they suggest. And he gets back with me, and he goes, they're pretty expensive. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, but they've suggested someone who's here in L.A., uh-huh. and I guess he's a He's had yeah. hits in the yeah. reggae yeah. scene in Jamaica, huh. right? So he's not, you know, this this is a a, a reggae star in Jamaica, yeah. right? So I said, okay. So Larry uh, gets a hold of him and calls me back and says, I found him. He's here in L.A., but he wants $2,000. And I go, what? I got, are you sure? I don't need dance hall for two thousand. I don't have that kind of money. Yeah. How am I supposed to do this? The yeah. record's finished, and yeah. we're we're on a time thing here, yeah. right? And he goes, "Yeah, I'll call. I'll call you back." He calls me back. He goes, "Okay, he'll do it for five, you know, something like that, right?" And so I'm going, "Well, where, how do we do this?" Oh, by the way, he doesn't have a green card, and literally, he does he's not on the grid, and he doesn't. Want to on the grid so can you give him the cash I'm in Portland wow. he's in LA <laughs> just then a friend of mine calls up goes hey Curtis want to go to the gym work out this is what I do and I said yeah. uh, hey can I ask a favor and I asked the favor he goes yeah I'll give you 500 bucks just put <laughs> my name on the record <laughs> and so I said you got a deal I call up Larry <laughs> and Johnny Lee Shell I say John can you loan me 500 when this guy Tipa Lee comes over? And he says, I think I got it in my strong box. Sure, Kurt, he says in his Texas draw. I think I got that. Sure. You know, so next, boom, it happened. Tipa yeah. Lee knocked it out in like, I don't know. He's brilliant. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, to me, that's one of the, I, I am proud of every one of these songs. But to me, we nailed it. I also called a yeah. guy who is a producer in Kingston, Jamaica, and he's produced many, many reggae. He said, yeah. you got yourself. This is called One Drop. Huh? And he says, this is very, very good. He yeah. goes, you know, because I, I always thought, and I still think, if you're going to do Jamaican music, you got to have that Jamaican accent. You know, there's a certain thing. Uh-huh. I listen to it a lot. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I still got a lot to learn, but we nailed that song. Yeah. And I hope you play it on your show. I will. I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. play all of these. Are you oh, kidding okay. me? okay. All right. So, <laughs> um, but but Tipa Lee is who's doing that, and yeah. that's called Dance Hall. Yeah. So he starts rapping over the top of wow. it. But, man, he doesn't lose <laughs> any. And, of course, it's the message of the, of the song. And yeah. Stuff. I'm really proud of it. 
One last, one last thing. Yes. I realize I'm occupying your time. No. You're so I call up Tip Lee to introduce myself. Yeah. And I can't understand a word he's saying. Oh, geez. Man, his <laughs> accent is so Jamaican and so thick and so much. He's apologetic, but he's a really... And like I said, you listeners, look up Tipalee. Tipalee, T-I-P-P-A-L-E-E, Tipalee. <laughs> He's got a lot of great videos out there, just really, really street-wise. Yeah. Just, it's got a ton of videos. I remember when The Heart of They Come came, when the Heart of They Come came out, and it was, it was the Saturday Night movie. When it right. Hit, yeah. And it was subtitled, right? Right. So years later, I bought a DVD of it, and it wasn't subtitled, and I didn't know what they were saying. Yeah, yeah, you have to. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, what, one really interesting moment was uh, when "Is There Something I Should Know" comes on, and it's not you, right? Singing. Not at first. No. Who is this person? It's Danielle. Danielle Nicole. She was from Trampled Underfoot. And uh, do you know Trample on Her Foot? Uh-uh. That's like one of the popular bands that's out there in the in the uh, in the blues world. Uh-huh. For I hate to say blues world because it yeah. puts a cap on it. She just was produced by uh, Anders Osborne, if you know him. Sure. He just produced her latest wow. record, and that came out a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Danielle Nicole Schliblin is her name, and she plays bass upside down and backwards. Really? And she's very good, and she's a beautiful singer. She can sing yeah. the phone book. I don't think... Uh, and so I I met Danielle a few years back when we were doing a concert in the island of St. John's. And uh, she's popular, man. Look her up, man. She's got a draw. She's got her a huge fan base. But that's not it, is that we played with her and played with them. She used to have her brothers. It's a family band out of Midwest Texas wow. that was called Trampled Underfoot. Huh. But now she's gone on her own. She's going to be at the, uh, you know, I'm playing the Tampa Bay Blues Festival coming up here uh-huh. with Aaron Neville, ah. J.J. Gray, nice. Danielle, nice. myself. Yeah, great. Great. Right. Well, you're gonna start this. You're gonna start hitting the road with this album, aren't you? Say what? You're gonna start hitting the road with this album have, now. Have to. Yeah. Have to. Yeah. That's the business. Yeah. So the hard copy drops in a couple of weeks from when we're recording this. Right. Right. Uh, but uh, you can find it. Uh, you can get it online, and that little link will be right there on the page. I'll be sure and buy one. I can get this online. That's what alligator told me. That's <laughs> okay. what. I'm kidding you. Oh, you know, gonna. You know. Well, you know they were they were they were guarding they were guarding. Of course. Yeah. They know when they want it out. Uh, I said, well, can I? Okay, so can what, so can I play it this Friday on oh. my show? And they went, yes. Oh, good. Yes. Yay! There's right guest vocalist typically yeah. Daniel Schlemann right there. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Don't break my so, computer. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, hey, thanks a lot. Thanks for giving up all your time here and talking to me about That's this. That's it. No, we don't get to have any more coffee. Right Want some more coffee? Sure. We can sit here for forever and all drink right. coffee. I'll, I'll talk with you all day. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I'm, I didn't bore you. No. no. Bore me? How's the, I appreciate uh, it. No, indeed. No, indeed. Well, you, you know, the thing is, you, you are, you're, you're certainly the, the king of the first, the first tune on the album because... That Bobby Womack tune, yeah, I, I, you I'm know, and that came out, that, and that came out. I, I was, t- I, I told people, man, he nailed that. Stuff. He nailed that better than Bobby Womack did. And they're going like, yeah, sure, yeah, sure, no, I yeah, don't sure. Think I did. And I, I, and, I don't blame him. And, you know. No, no, and then they, they'd come back and go, man, you're right. <laughs> Bobby Womack is a hero. That, I mean, I don't have his timbre, you know, a certain thing. We did the best that we could. That's a killer song. It was brought to me by yeah. uh, Tony yeah. Bronigal brought me that, yeah. and I had yeah. never heard it. And I really? heard that and went, where did this, what, you know, because yeah. I have a ton of Bobby Womack. Yeah, I don't have that either. I don't, I don't have yeah. his version either. Neither did I. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so anyhow, it was Tony that brought me the tune, and, and we nailed it. Um, I'll say. Yeah, you should. I'm sure it's on YouTube. You could probably find yeah. it in the records. I have a. Uh, I've you know, played. it's him and the Valentinos. It's early Bobby Womack. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yes, I have probably played that too many times on my show. Right, <laughs> right. I'm glad you like it. You want to hear something? Uh, some radio people called me in or, or told me that 
you know, we'd played this on our record, and it was a AAA radio station. Uh-huh. They said, but it's too good. <laughs> I can't, I can't win to keep from trying or whatever this thing is. Oh, man. Too yeah. good. It's too good. So we can't. It doesn't fit our format. They, he loved it. Yeah. But it was too good. Nobody goes there anymore. It's too crowded. Yeah. <laughs> it's not popular. Yes, Yogi Berra. No, I'm glad you like that tune. You feel yeah. the same about this. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You feel the same about hard to feel the same about love. Yeah, yeah. So if you're listening to this, uh, on Thursday, when the day it goes up, uh, listen into my show tomorrow night, eight eight o'clock on KMHD, and you'll hear it. But let's let's do this, Tom. Tom I'm glad you're playing this, man. Yeah. I want to thank you. I don't know if you're the. I, I hope you're the first, but I really appreciate the push. I want to tell you that. Thank what, you. What was the? What was? I'm sorry. I'm uh, I, I'm uh, I have, I'm having a brain fart. What was the tune on the video? That's called "I'm Not Made That Way." I'm okay. Okay, fine. That's kind of a gospel tune. Yeah. Okay. Well, we will. You know, we we ran that as our featured video when when it w- was oh. released on or- Oregon Music News. Um, yeah. And uh, so uh, and uh, so, how about we 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 go out on uh, hard to feel the same about love? I would be honored. How about that? Thank you so thank much. Thank you. I think you know it. It really uh, it's quite an honor, and I am honored. Thank All you. Right.